Hey, ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts. You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes. And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information. And we didn't want you to miss out, so please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way. Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one-on-ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more. All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. Hey, you guys, we found this incredible tool to collect all of the wedding photos your guests take in one convenient place. Yeah, instead of having your guests download an app and figure out hashtags and all that kind of stuff, you can just use Tackboard. Tackboard is an online wedding photo gallery with its own phone number, so your guests can text their photos to your designated phone number along with any message they like. The photo and message feed instantly into an online gallery that lasts forever. You can download your photos right from it. Seriously, it is amazing. And as a lovely listener of the Puttering on It podcast, Tackboard is giving you 20% off their regular price. Just visit tackboard.com slash ring. Again, T-A-C-B-O-A-R-D.com slash R-I-N-G. Welcome to the Put A Ring On It podcast, a podcast for those that want to kick some wedding butt. I am Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner and to-do list junkie. (laughs) And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer and overall average guy, I'd say. Let's do it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 26 of the Put A Ring On It podcast. Hey, Danielle, how are you doing? Good, Daniel. <laughs> how, is, how have the last uh, two weeks been for you since the first episode of season three, episode 25? I know. episode. So episode 25 um, has been actually doing really well. Huge. 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 Uh, so to all of our new listeners that are coming in and everybody that's sort of been joining us along this ride, we um, we welcome you and we thank you. And welcome to the party. <laughs> yeah, I party. Uh, yeah, but I've been good. Good. If you're just joining the show now, I think you should, uh, you know, if you like what you heard on the first episode, definitely go back. There's a whole wealth of knowledge over the last two seasons. Um, And then when you start listening to some episodes, let us know what you think as you are some fresh ears and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, though, Dan, I've been working out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've uh, been a lazy turd all winter long. So <laughs> it feels it feels really good to get back into things and uh, get my body moving and, and rolling and doing all that stuff. I feel like I could breathe today, which is <laughs> an amazing thing. I've heard that your body is physically strongest throughout the winter, like from like a primal standpoint, um, sure. like back to like eight man days. Um, I always feel like like all of the half marathons and things that, and the running that I used to do when I would train over the winter, all of my PRs always happened in the spring races or the spring, hmm. spring runs that I did. And I just wonder if that was because like I was, you know, I don't know, some like 
evolutionary primal thing inside of you is like, I gotta not die over the winter. <laughs> we <laughs> or must survive. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I actually also I canceled my gym membership uh, a couple months ago, and I just bought all the things that I needed for exercise and like weights and an Olympic barbell and squat stands. And I built myself a weight bench and I've just been like crushing it in the basement, just getting super buff. It's a good thing. This is an audio only podcast. Yeah. You don't want to see me flexing. (laughs) (laughs) Squeaky. Squeak, squeak. Uh, Actually, I have a funny story. Um, It's kind of a silly story. It's completely unrelated to weddings and things. But yesterday I had a, a, a photo session, a corporate photo session at Kutztown University, and I was working with a whole bunch of students, and there was some, like, fancy Starbucks drink that came out um, called, like, the unicorn drink, and they were, like, all talking about it, you know, as I was working with one of the students, and they were like, oh, my gosh, we have to go get one of these, and I was like, I, I want some Starbucks, too, so I gave them my phone and told them to use my app because I, you know, like, I'm not going to pay cash for it. I want to get the stars. I've got gold status for a reason. Um so I told them to do that and they came back and they're like, we took a selfie on your phone. <laughs> and I had to have like a random selfie with like a whole bunch of uh, college girls just like sipping drinks on there. And I'm just not sure what to do with it. Should I delete it? Should I like post it somewhere? I just think it's silly. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't, I don't know. Um, I did see a lot of people posting though about this unicorn <laughs> frappuccino. I don't drink coffee. So I only go to Starbucks for meetings. And I always get the same thing, which is always decaf. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you just like? Are you one of those people who just sits there with it, like without without drinking it? Like you just like hold it there? No, oh, I drink it. But my problem is, is I tend to like it's sort of a nervous habit that I drink it. So what happens is I end up drinking a lot of it in one in one like condensed <laughs> period of time. <laughs> I just keep drinking it, and the sugar actually really bothers me. Like I usually walk out of there every time with a headache from like the coffee smell and just the sugar. <laughs> <laughs> just freaking out. Oh, yeah, my body just goes a little nuts. I don't I don't think um, I would have liked the unicorn frappuccino though because it looked like super sweet. Did you get one or did you get something? I did. Else? I got one, and it's. It's strange. I I don't like like I don't put sugar in anything of my Starbucks or, or any coffee. Oh. Yeah, just just milk and uh and coffee. That's it. Sometimes I'll do something okay. fancy with like you know a, a, that's a little sweetened, but yeah, that's it. Nope. Uh, but for for me, it was it was very sweet and it was like real. F- it, you know what it tasted like? Um, a sweet tart, like like a bunch of sweet tarts ground oh. up in like a drink and you would like get different flavors as you drank it like there'd be like vanilla and then all of a sudden like blue raspberry sweet tart and then uh (laughs) then there were like some crunchies it was interesting interesting this is not an ad for starbucks by the way (laughs) okay Um, a weird ad for starbucks (laughs) let's add out of talking about starbucks into today's awesome episode on what are we talking about we're talking about rehearsals today rehearsals and rehearsal dinners whoop whoop Whoop, whoop. Yeah, I'm uh, my background. If you've listened to this podcast, uh, my background comes from dance and theater. So in my world, rehearsals are everything. Yeah. And it's really like so key to have those rehearsals and um, so that you're prepared for the quote unquote show and not to compare your wedding to a, a theatrical show or production. But to a certain extent, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, it kind of is. And it's great to practice it. And that's what your rehearsal is. Yeah. 
So, all right, unpacking this, what what's like the purpose of a rehearsal? What what goes on? Yeah, so your rehearsal um, is your chance to get together with your wedding party, your parents, any VIPs that play a significant role in your ceremony yep. and practice it before game day, before it's time to actually put on the dress, put on the suit, hold the flowers, get the veil, do all those things. It sort of gives you a chance to know where you're walking, who's walking with who, where everyone stands, who sits where, who holds the bouquet, who has the rings, where do the readers go when they need to read. If you're doing a Catholic ceremony, who's bringing the gifts? Where do your flower girl and your ring bearer sit? All these things. (laughs) All the different, um, all the things. Anything that's involved with your ceremony, uh, it's basically your time to go through it. So... Hmm. So you've got like a, you, you run a lot of these rehearsals, don't you? Like you, you, you love these. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I've heard that you have like an interesting way of kind of breaking it down and, um, and like going through the process of the rehearsal. Can you, can you share that with us all? Yes. And me too. Yes. (laughs) So depending on your unique situation, your rehearsal can be run by a number of different people. It might have to be run by you. It could be run by your coordinator. It might be run by your officiant, by your church. Um, so it really depends on a lot of different things. In my experience, whenever I've had to be the leader in charge of running the rehearsal or even sort of the helper, um, if the officiant is there as well, there is a system I use that has worked really, really well that... Oh my gosh, I'm turning into Dan, you guys. I just said really, really well. Really, really well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's it's, it's a system that's efficient. It seems to cause the least amount of confusion and gets everybody moving along nicely towards usually the rehearsal dinner, which is is the more exciting part of the the day, if you will. So Uh, here's what I say. We get everybody together. We just sort of sit down, stand, group around, whatever. And I tell everybody, if you think of the ceremony as a play and every play has acts in it for your ceremony it's broken down into three acts the first act is everyone walking in what's called the processional everybody walking in standing sitting going where they need to be all of that act two is the ceremony itself the part where we say our i do's and and the readings and all of these things the final act act three is everybody walking out what's called the recessional everybody leaving the ceremony and going on to the next thing for the purposes of the rehearsal you want to start in act two where everybody's already at the altar standing where they need to be standing sitting where they need to be sitting go through the ceremony itself exit go on to act three exit everybody walk out and while everybody's back there you basically just turn everyone around do a little shuffling but otherwise turn everybody around and you're ready to go for act one now you know everybody knows where they need to go when they walk in they already know where they're standing they already know where they're sitting and it makes it a lot easier for the flow um Hmm. what i found (laughs) is that this sort of helps keep things moving along nicely and you don't have this like strange like thing where like the first bridesmaid walks down the aisle and she's like looking back at you going, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> Cause you're all the way in the back and <laughs> it's a little bit tricky. So that, that helps with that whole process. And I really like doing it that way. Does that make and sense? Speaking of act. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Speaking of act one and pacing and how people walk in, um, 
two things that I, from a photographer's standpoint that I always say is one, make sure there's enough space between your, the, whoever's walking down, whether it's the bridesmaids uh, or if it's couples walking down together, just make sure there's enough space and that they look up and look around and smile. Um, uh, at least, well, there are many times where uh, I will see like one bridesmaids like hold their flowers up in front of their face or in front of like their dress. And I always think that's a little silly because um, I think they're just nervous and they like are just staring down at the ground um, and are holding their flowers. And it ends up being a little unnerving for them. Do you know what I tell all the bridesmaids, all the girls that are carrying flowers? Um, what? So by nature, it feels natural for us to hold like especially when we don't have the actual flowers in my in our hands to hold our hands gripped at our belly button um yeah and I guess I have a high belly button I always recognize, but you know, in, in our general belly region. And what happens is yeah. the flowers are seated above that. So it goes to our chest yep. area, like you said, almost right under our chin. And suddenly it all looks like we have very short torsos and like we're sort of going to uh -huh. prom all over again, you know? <laughs> so I tell all of the girls that are carrying bouquets, hold your hands down. Oh, I don't know how to say this in a nice way. As ooh, if you were a it. gentleman peeing. <laughs> like, no, no. Oh, go I, ahead. I always, ooh. I always say forearms on your hip bones. Forearms on your hip bones. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. Very good. Oh, that's yeah, a much more PG way of saying it than I have to say in a church yeah. every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, but like that—that um, that is true. It's, it's right where your arms fall. Don't have them like super bent, just nice um, in the yep. crotch area is where it ends up. But the flowers... Clasping your hands. Yeah, the flowers end up being in such a beautiful spot and you can see more of your torso and you look much more elongated and it's just... It's really pretty. So, you can yeah. see the dress more. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole goal. Yeah. Um, Show you off know, the tatas. All... <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> I can. Um, but... Yes, you could say that. Uh, but yeah, the things I always say to remember is just remember that there's a, a good amount of spacing so I can, you know, get photographs of each set of people coming down the aisle and then, you know, have them at least smile and look up or remind them to smile, look around, that kind of thing, rather than just staring at the floor. <laughs> yeah, I think um, a question I get asked a lot, especially when we're standing in the back waiting to go down, everyone always is always like, how fast do I walk? <laughs> because we're used to at least for me i was raised in the 80s and 90s bum, bum, with that like step touch that whole part step touch and no one does step touch anymore you guys it's so not a thing is that is that the fancy name for it? is that like the real name for it isn't there like a like a ballet term for it that's like plie promenade fa fa no fa fa oh the good old uh. fa fa <laughs> nope step touch just step touch oh, that's all i, like I can that. think yeah um so what I usually say is walk slow, slightly slower than feels comfortable. Sashay. And you're probably That's good. That's what I was thinking of. That's not a sachet. Sachet. It's a chasse. Sachet. Chasse. Chasse. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Uh, yeah. Slightly slower than what feels like a comfortable plate. What a, what, nope. Can't talk. What feels like a comfortable pace. <laughs> Do you know what I mean though? Like go yeah. slow and then just a touch slower and then you're pretty much going at a good speed. You know, I I feel like when the rehearsal finally rolls around, there's like a lot to cover. Mm -hmm. And two two things that I'm thinking is that one, it's like if you as the bride or you as the couple try to run this thing on your own, it is going to be a crazy amount of stuff. And I, that being said, during this, because there's so much to think about, I, I don't think you should focus on going over everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I, it's definitely, I think if, in, if I can give any advice, try to assign someone to sort of rally your troops and get them going and do all that stuff for you. Talk about it in advance, whether it's your coordinator, ideally, or somebody else. Because otherwise, it's, it's easy for you to turn into this like stress ball bridezilla, which no one wants um, yep. ever. And I think, like you said, you don't have to go over every single thing for your wedding, like especially the ceremony part, the walking in and the walking out part for me is a big deal. Um, but the the ceremony itself, I usually say to save some of that for the, you know, the official ceremony, like the official I do's. Maybe just say your first few lines, um, you know, I so-and-so take you so-and-so, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> you know, just to keep a little bit of that, of the magic preserve you don't you know often your parents are there maybe you don't want them to hear the whole part of the ceremony and you know if you've written vows for each other like we talked about in the last episode yeah maybe you don't like i wouldn't want to share all that if if it wasn't like super in the moment yeah keep some surprises um so there's definitely things to practice right we have established that one thing that i i think most couples don't practice enough i mean or at least with intention is totally the kiss and i have i have seen a few interesting first kisses um and i've seen some also some really passionate really beautiful ones um what do you think about that i i i I just feel like that you know that's it's kind of weird to kiss in front of a lot of people so maybe you just want to like feel feel that out and see like what feels right with you yes I'm a I'm a jokester by nature, so when I'm running the rehearsal, I will usually say like, "Okay, guys, I feel like we should really practice the kiss," and then I step out of the way if I'm in some place so that like everybody could just sort of like cheer them on and you know be a little silly about it yeah, yeah. to yep. get those nerves out because then they do this like weird kiss and it's like awkward, and then we say like, "All right, now let's do it again," but like let's do it for real, and then they kiss yeah. again, and it sort of like gets out that nerves because yeah, if you're not a super um a, a super affectionate person in public, which is totally okay, it can feel a little um a little like you're not paying attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're more worried about, okay, everybody's looking at me and what is everybody thinking and am I doing this right and where are my and hands? Just, and It just gets ugh. sprung on you. Exactly. No matter how prepared you are for it, like there are many times where like, you know, I've seen the officiant say, and you can kiss your bride or you guys can now kiss and they're just like, oh wait, but they're they're kind of standing far apart from each other um, mm-hmm. and they like kind of lean in rather than, you know, stepping towards each other and and hugging and kissing and, you know, realizing that this is, it's a, it's a big moment. Um, right. So I'd say, you know, uh, get ready for it, prepare for it. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to stay in it for a while. <laughs> don't make it too quick. Don't make it like a okay, quick little okay. peck. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've got a photographer there and you've got, you know, it's Hold it's your it. time to kiss. Hold and... it. <laughs> I don't know. Count to three. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Three second roll. Have a have a little smooch. Um, wrap each other up. Um, you know, have a couple of smooches, then maybe hug and um, soak it in for a second. I mean, that's something that we definitely talk about a lot on this podcast is to, you know, get lost in the moment. And right. that's a big one. Um, you know, soak it in and love on each other for a second. Right. And that's 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 what we're trying to say. That's the whole point of your rehearsal is to sort of work out these kinks and and so that when it's, you know, when it's the real game time, you know what you're you know, you know what you're expecting. Um, Uh, Speaking of kinks. Yeah. So. Here's the thing, you guys, (laughs) out of 
all the rehearsals I do, first of all, I am super superstitious when it comes to rehearsals and wedding days. Anybody in my family knows that um, I will want a ceremony rehearsal to have a few glitches so that the wedding day itself goes a little bit better. So for those listening, when you get to rehearsal and something happens, you forget your bouquet from your shower or you forget to bring the marriage license or somebody shows up really, really late, which I'll talk about in a second. Do not worry. These are all good signs for a good wedding day, in my opinion. (laughs) Every single time that I have had a rehearsal go brilliantly perfect, the next day, something huge has happened that has been a major hiccup in the day. Dan, at your rehearsal, do you know what the, the glitch was? You have to remember this. Oh, the timelines? Yeah, I handed out timelines <laughs> to everybody. And out of all the ones that wait, I wait, printed... Wait, 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 wait. No, ahead. no, no, no. Let me tell this one. Let me tell this one. So Rachel and I are both vegetarian. Um, and we had a you know traditional Catholic ceremony. And uh, Danielle makes these absolutely beautiful little pocket timelines. And she gave them out to everybody. And they were they were perfect. They talked about how the, the, the flow of the next day was, where people needed to be, that kind of thing. But on a few of the timelines. On three. On three. Out of maybe three, 30. There was a, a really great line for a pig roast um, <laughs> that was definitely not happening at our wedding at all, even remotely close to having a pig roast at our wedding and to this day i will still not let her live it down (laughs) i yeah i'm so sorry but i felt like the biggest jerk so funny it was just an honest mistake that those had gotten mixed in but yeah that was awful when i brought that up uh i do you remember when i came down and was like hey um what time is the pig roast tomorrow i'm you turned ghost white yeah and we're like oh my god i'm so sorry and i was like don't worry about it we just i think we laughed it off but now it's it's good that we can look back on it and laugh it off yes so see and your wedding ceremony in my opinion went pretty well exactly our wedding was awesome your wedding was. that's because we had you at the helm you had, a, you had a lot of good people in the right positions, I would say. We did. Um, but my point to all this, you guys, is if things do go wrong at the rehearsal, don't don't let that sit on your shoulders. Let it go and know that that was what the rehearsal is for, to work out those kinks and get to the next day. And trust me, in my years, uh, my eight years of doing this, I would say at least 90% of the rehearsals that I do, at least one person is like 10 to 15 or more minutes late yeah. for the rehearsal. And you can't really Always. start without them. Whether yep. it's a mom, I've had the bride and groom, I've had sisters, siblings, bridesmaids, groomsmen, anything. Uh it just kills me. <laughs> but well, how how long is... how long should people set aside for a rehearsal? Like how long should it be ideally? Yeah. So that depends on a few different things. It depends on your officiant. It depends on your venue. And it depends on how big your wedding party is. In most cases, if you set aside an hour and that's usually figuring in someone's going to be about 10, 15 minutes late, you're pretty safe with that. I usually say don't book your rehearsal dinner to be immediately after. Like if your ceremony rehearsal is from five to six, don't make your rehearsal dinner be start at six o'clock because you're you're just not going to get all those people over there and, and transport yeah. and all that. Give yourself a little bit of wiggle room and people will always linger after rehearsal is over. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> they always just hang out for like 15 minutes and you're like, uh, you guys can go. Like, go. <laughs> Go eat dinner and party. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that. That's what I usually say. And your church or your officiant may say less time or more time. Uh, it's it's really up to them. But if you're in charge of that, I'd say an hour is, is safe. Awesome. 
So I think we're going to take a quick little short break. Um, and after this break, we're going to dive right into the second super fun part of rehearsals, which is the rehearsal dinner. We'll be right back. Dun, dun, dun. You know what really bums me out? That there is a ton of customization available for brides and bridesmaids for their wedding attire. But when it comes to us guys, it seems like we've got way less options. That's why we love the Naughty Tie Company. Not naughty as in naughty, but naughty as in, you know, tying the knot. Yeah. Anyway, the Naughty Tie Company has ties, bow ties, and pocket squares that are totally customizable. You can match colors or patterns to things like bridesmaids dresses, flowers, your table linens, or really whatever you'd like. And everything is printed and sewn right in Denver, Colorado, which is nowhere near us here in Philly, but that's not the point. So if you go to NaughtyTie.com slash ring, they are going to hook you up with free design service from one of their amazing designers. That's easily like $20 you're going to save just for being a Put A Ring On A Podcast listener. That's K-N-O-T-T-Y-T-I-E dot com slash R-I-N-G. And we're back. <laughs> Did you like that one? That was good, right? <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so before the break, we were talking about rehearsals and, you know, the formal part of of the, the evening festivities, usually the night before your wedding. So I want to get into the fun part and how we well, you know, I should I shouldn't say that because rehearsals are fun as well. But the mm-hmm. um the part that I think is really great about the rehearsal dinner is when everybody this is like the first time everybody's coming together and really getting to hang out and catch up and talk to each other. So I, I really love uh, when I get to document the rehearsal dinner, which I think we're going to talk about at the end of this. Um, but just for everybody who doesn't know what a rehearsal dinner is out there, Danielle, why don't you discuss the purpose of a rehearsal dinner? <laughs> uh, the rehearsal dinner. Well, the rehearsal dinner, like you said, it's sort of um... – it sort of kicks off the festivities yeah. for the weekend. You have your rehearsal and all of those people have gotten dressed up and they're all together. And it makes sense that it's now dinner time. You should all sort of go out and celebrate it. Um, I've seen the rehearsal dinners sort of becoming a little bit bigger yeah. lately and including more people that are traveling in from out of town just to be a little bit more inclusive uh, to, to those guests as well. Yep. But I don't know. There's it used to just be like I said, the fact that, well, if your rehearsals from five to six, everybody's done at six o'clock and you look around, and you go, hey, let's go have dinner. So those people go out and have a great dinner. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, for you, your parents, uh, you know, your wedding party, their significant others, things like that, that are are um, that they're all sort of coming together to get ready for the next day. Yeah. With our rehearsal dinner. Um, we came back from the church and we knew that there was a bunch of people coming in from out of town that were just going to be sitting in their hotel. Um, we kept our, our rehearsal dinner really simple. We just had a pizza party and played games in the backyard. It was June. So we were able to, you know, have nice weather and everybody hang out. But we, we did, we opened it up to more people than just our parents and wedding party. Um, so that way, like I said, some of those people who are going to be in town who were just going to be sitting in their hotel or whatever could come see our house, could come, you know, kick off the festivities for the weekend and party with us. You know, that's what we really want to do is just and have everybody come in, enjoy themselves and, and start the good times rolling as soon as we possibly could. 
Yeah. I think um I think it really showed to the uh, it set the tone for the weekend for you guys that you really wanted just everybody to get together and have a great time. It didn't need to be this overly fancy thing. Like you didn't have to, you know, rent China and do all this stuff. You guys just ordered a bunch of pizza. I remember there being wings and, yep. you know, it was, it was paper plates and, and some drinks and everybody had a really great time. Just like some people were sitting around chatting, other people were playing games. It was it was great. And actually, one of my favorite photographs from our entire wedding collection, which I I know I've talked about this before, is uh, of our dads sitting in the backyard um, in like this empty circle of chairs. And they like they grew up next to each other, like two towns over in Ohio. Um, and they just like, you know, these two old guys just like sitting there chit chatting, catching up. And it's just that that became my favorite picture uh, basically of our entire wedding. Just love that one. Yeah. And that maybe that would have happened if you were in like more of a formal setting, but it you know, I've I've seen that picture and they're just hanging out and relaxed and yep. hanging on the wall behind and, me. Yeah. There you go. Yep. <laughs> and and two, don't feel as though um, you know, as with anything that we talk about on this podcast, you don't have to invite those out of town guests. That's just something no. that we're suggesting. But what I've also seen is um the sort of the flow for that day goes from rehearsal to rehearsal dinner, which is maybe a smaller tight knit group of people. And then they've done a welcome party where it's like, Hey, at eight o'clock, we're going to be at this restaurant slash bar slash our house, whatever. Come join us where you're not necessarily providing food and drinks for everybody, but you are still giving a meeting point for everybody to get together and catch up and hug and, and enjoy each other. So there's different ways you can go about still being hospitable and and getting everyone involved without necessarily having to feed everyone twice because you are feeding them on the wedding day oh, yeah. too, which is a big ticket. Yep. So I I mean and I you know the complete opposite of what uh, our rehearsal dinner was was I've seen rehearsal dinners that were 100 to 125 people at like yes. a restaurant in uh, you know downtown Philly and um it it's a whole like big show where there was a cocktail hour and hors d'oeuvres passed mm-hmm. and then everybody sat down and it's there were wedding. yeah there were toasts and um you know everybody still got to come in and hang out but you know I, I that one made sense because a lot of the family was coming in from like the west coast um and i also thought a big part of why they did it is because this this was something that the groom's parents wanted to take care of and they wanted to like put on a little something um you know to express their appreciation for uh, the bride's parents and just to like also Um, show everybody a good time on that night when they knew so many people were traveling in, you know, for this wedding weekend. That makes sense. I think one thing um, that I should note here is that the rehearsal dinner, traditionally, etiquette says that the groom's parents sort of take care of this event. In my opinion, I think that's a discussion that all families should have together as far as who's comfortable contributing how much and to what. Um, But that said... I do feel as though it's important that the rehearsal dinner doesn't necessarily overshadow the wedding day itself. Um, I think there needs to be a sort of build of events. Oh, yeah. And while the rehearsal dinner can still be lovely, I think it's important that if the rehearsal dinner is as you described with all these you know, really beautiful things, cocktail hour and so on, I think it's important that the reception sort of just gets a like one notch higher because you don't want them to, for the re- for the reception to be super casual and whatever because then it's you're setting a weird tone absolutely in that sense yeah this family so, was, was definitely very aware of that, hands, that so. they didn't want to cool. step on the 
um, you know, the bride's parents' toes who were really throwing awesome. the majority of the reception. But yeah, I think uh, you know, one thing that we talk about a lot on this podcast is communication between all parties involved. Um, and you know, having that conversation early on, if your parents uh, are able to help you along, that is absolutely amazing to for for them mm-hmm. to be able to help you out um, and, you know, figure out what they want to do and, and how much they want to be involved and just, um, you know, everybody be clear and uh, let the lines of communication always be open. Right, exactly. Um, you know, one thing you had brought up before, Dan, was uh, toast and things like mm-hmm. that. I do know we've talked about on this podcast before about, you know, giving toast at receptions and if the couple wants to give a toast. And I have a few couples that are a little bit more shy yeah. and, you know, it's a totally normal thing. And I always say your rehearsal dinner is an awesome time to sort of give your toast if you're more comfortable with that. It's also a great time if you know you have a lot of people that want to give a toast but don't want to eat up your entire reception with toast. Tell them to do it at the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. It's a great time to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, getting some of those nerves out and just um, being able to, you know, connect with arguably maybe some of the people who are like the most important to you because you know these are like the the core group of people obviously that mean a lot if they're in your wedding party and it's parents and grandparents and things like that Um, but another thing to do is like to get some of the other formalities out of the way like maybe you want to um exchange gifts or or give the the people who are mean something to you who are you know in your wedding party or maybe your parents maybe you um you know give gifts or cards to each other other than on the wedding day. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, your wedding day is going to be one of those days that is pretty scheduled out from the time you wake up until the time you hit the bed at the end of the night. So I think there's little things that you can do um, to help yourself to sort of take some to-dos off your your list for that day and move it to the day before where you're still together with all these people. This way you don't have to worry about how am I going to get all my bridesmaids gifts uh, to the hotel where we're getting ready at. Maybe they're just in your car from your rehearsal and you give it to them at the rehearsal dinner. Uh, I usually say I like to save if the couple is exchanging at least a card with one another. I like to save that for the wedding day, especially if there's a videographer, because usually it's really nice to capture that. Actually, fun story. So one wedding I did last year with this couple that was just divine, if you will. They were wonderful. They were sweethearts. Um, You could just like feel their love when you were around them, which is really awesome. They did a first look before their ceremony. So they were, when it was about time for their ceremony to happen, we were all lined up and we were all together. Um, They had a very small wedding party and the groom chose to, I believe the groom chose to walk his parents in. Then we had one maid of honor and then the bride was going to go in with her dad. So what happened was right before the groom went to take his mom down the aisle and, you know, head to the front towards the altar, he reached into his pocket and pulled out a card and handed it to the bride. And he said, read this now. And he left. And, you know, as the maid of honor was going, she sort of opened it up and read it. And you could just see the like emotion coming out of her. And like, he basically just wrote her this really lovely note about how he was so excited to get married to her and how like Mm -hmm. in this moment, like this is what he was feeling. And, you know, it was just, it was lovely. So she really got like a glimpse into his soul at that moment. And then, you know, went off. It was awesome. (laughs) It was like, Major props to that guy <laughs> for pulling a move like that. What a good idea. Um, 
it was it was really sweet. Um, I, I wished, though, that I knew that was going to happen because I would have kept a photographer back there to sort of capture that moment. We were sort of hiding off in a in a hallway so that the guests didn't see us. Um, and I couldn't get a photographer there fast enough because they were sort of set up in different places. But um, it was awesome just to see that. And oh, it's cool. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, oh, crap. Something that I, this is something that I've been struggling with. Um, very rarely do I see like pictures of the processional ever used anywhere. Very rarely are they, if ever, have I ever seen them in the wedding album. Um, so everybody sort of walking down yeah, bridesmaids yeah, yeah. And, and that. Uh, and this is like I often wonder if like we we are just expecting those pictures like that's where the photographer always is. You know, he's up front. But you're talking about like this amazing moment. And I often wonder what I'm missing by standing up at the front, just getting these like pictures of people walking down the aisle, which really, you know, it's kind of like just covering the day versus like what's happening in the back as um you know, dad is standing there with his little girl or, um, like, I'm just, I like, I'm just wondering like, what am I missing back there? That is, is more meaningful than just like the bridesmaids walking down or, you know, the couples walking down or whatever. And I'm just, I'm just starting to challenge that. And, and I'm just curious, like what you think about that. I'll tell you what you're missing. You're missing the good stuff. I know. (laughs) Well, I'm always back there. My job is to, send the last bridesmaid off in the maid of honor and bring the bride over with her, whomever's walking her down, usually her dad, um, get her in her, her spot, you know, make sure her dress is gorgeous. And then, you know, we often open these doors and there she is standing there. But I typically, my process is that I keep them as hidden as possible until it's really time for them to walk down the aisle. So when it's time, I look at them and I sort of give them these thumbs up and you could just see them both like look at each other and like, take a breath there's often like a squeeze like okay you know we got this and like there's like a centering going on and there's just it's it's i lose it just about every time you're about to lose it right Um, now yeah because it's (laughs) uh it's it's one of those moments i think um a lot of us you know a lot of us think about that moment and like how are we going to be and and is our dad going to be with us for that moment and if not who is and there's just all these different emotional parts of it all that I think once you're there and it's actually happening it's a very huge rush of emotion that you're like holy crap it's about to go down and then it's like oh please don't trip (laughs) (laughs) so it's 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 what it is. So um, would you? I think you should absolutely be back. Would there. you give up the pictures of the bridesmaids walking down the aisle? You did not have those in your wedding collection. Four pictures of you and your dad standing in the back. Three million percent. I would do I anything for that picture. I agree. Because I think even still, if you have, um, we're talking. If you're back there, yeah. you could always, you know, a- after after the bride and and her escort goes down the aisle, you could still get like a shot from behind, which I think would be really beautiful. And I mean, I'm bad at that stuff as far as composing pictures, but I think there's a lot that you could do there. I, those are my like, oh, those are my favorite moments of the day. Cause you could just feel, and I always feel like I'm back there and I'm usually me and my assistant are usually one of the only people back there. So the fact that I feel like there's this huge responsibility that like I'm in this moment with them and I try my best to stay super out of it and just let them have that moment and just make sure I'm there to logistically make everything happen. Um, But it's always this like, oh, I love being there for that. It's beautiful. I feel like that's going to start like 
maybe we should do an episode on like challenging wedding traditions again and like why why we do things like that like why is it that the photographer is always or the videographer is always standing at the front of the aisle of course like the picture of the bride coming down is very important or the couple coming down is very important or Mm -hmm. you know whatever whatever your processional looks like but like what are we missing by like not thinking outside of the box of what like is the normal thing uh you know and i'm just yeah that that's what that is one of the many instances that i've been thinking of uh you know how how do i transcend the wedding day and wedding pictures in general to to something that's more meaningful to my couples you know right yeah, absolutely. And I think not to say as like the girls walking down the aisle, the wedding party walking down the aisle isn't necessarily important. I don't know if it it, it it's necessary in order to tell the full story right. of the day. It's sort of a given that, yep, they walked from the back of the church to the front <laughs> right. of the church or the back of the aisle to the front of the aisle. That did happen. Um, and and yeah, I think... Yeah, I think if it were up to me, that would be that would be top priority. But um, I guess it, we should probably talk more on that because we were talking before we started recording about rehearsals. And obviously, I'm there as the coordinator. But for you, you're not always there as a the photographer, but you've started doing that a little bit more. I have. Um, so the 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 rehearsal itself is just there's not too much going on there in terms photographically like you know sometimes it's fine to capture a few things uh you know while it's going on but i really i like Mm -hmm. to see the lay of the land a lot like that's what i use the rehearsal specifically for how are people going to move how are things going to flow how's the ceremony going to flow um and then if the the ceremony is at the same place as the reception um i'll get an opportunity to to get the lay of the land again, you know, where can, where can I potentially do portraits at? Where can I, um, you know, do family formals at tomorrow? Now we've talked about this before. Sometimes I used to do this and I would plan, you know, every single little detail. And then all of a sudden the wedding day would roll around and cocktail hours where I wanted to do family formals or it's raining out or there's sun dappled light, which I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but you know, it's just not something fun to photograph in. So there's like not (laughs) flattering light in the area. I wanted to do something. So, you know, but regardless, it's just good to like get some ideas. Now the rehearsal dinner specifically is is one of my favorite things to photograph outside of the wedding day. Um, and it's for what we've talked about before. It's that like everybody gets to come together. Um, this is like the first time that everybody is coming together. They're catching up. There's no stress. It's outside of the timeline of the wedding day. Everybody's just happy. You know, the, it, the anticipation is like on the highest it possibly can be, you know, the, the first it's like Christmas Eve, it's like Christmas Eve. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> A year ahead of time, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so amazing. You go through like this, you know, craziness of wedding planning. And then there's this lull for a couple of months. And then after like that couple of month lull from three, four months out, um, it just slowly ramps up and builds and builds and builds and builds. And the rehearsal dinner is when everybody is like, yes, it's finally here. Um, And the excitement is amazing. And it's just really great to have a weekend of coverage um, cause you know, weddings are, if your wedding's on a Saturday, you, you are having a wedding weekend. Uh, you know, a lot of people are still coming in Friday night. They're still there Sunday. Um, and it's just a great way to really capture excitement and it's just a great way to capture the excitement and the start of the wedding weekend in an, a way unlike the wedding day itself. 
I think too, something else I want to add is I've been seeing more and more um, that rehearsals are now happening the same day as the wedding. Yeah. Uh, that's happening with venues that are cranking out a little bit uh, more weddings. They have a wedding on Friday, so they can't do the rehearsal the night before. And I just want to say that if you're not having a rehearsal the night before, you can totally still have a rehearsal dinner. Oh, it yeah. can still just be a welcome to kick things off. Yep. It don't feel like, well, I'm not doing the rehearsal, so does this still make sense? It still makes sense mm-hmm. because it still brings everybody together. Like we said. Yep. And you know what? Even from a more practical standpoint, um, I like photographing the rehearsal dinner because I get to meet everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. And then so on the wedding day, when I show up with, you know, cameras and all this stuff hanging off me, you know, people realize who I am for the person I was the night before with, you know, just chatting with everybody, the less pressure, you know, there's I'm not floating around because let's put it this way. I'm if I were a fly on the wall, I'd be a very big fly. Like, so I I can't (laughs) I can't really be a fly on the wall. Um, so it's just nice to to be comfortable. You know, I get to know my couples throughout the whole entire process, but getting to know parents, telling them that, you know, I'm there for them. There's a, a whole slew of people that I'm sure they are bringing or that they know um, and that I'm there for them as well. Um, and just just building that trust and comfort with everybody outside of the couple. And then everybody just becomes comfortable with me. And life is good. Life is good. I agree, Dan. Well put. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys, check out the Put a Ring on It podcast.com website. Remix. Remix. Put a Ring on It podcast.com website. For, there, we've got show notes on there, all kinds of good stuff. Um, as always, we want to send a special thanks to our sponsors for this episode, Tackboard, which you know at that online wedding gallery driven by text, and our season sponsor, Naughty Tyco, which offers those custom ties bow ties and pocket squares also send us your wedding story uh you can call us 267-521-2686 keep it really simple 20 seconds 30 seconds just you know tell us what you're excited about about your wedding uh ask a question ask a question vent vent be upset be happy anything uh just share us something about your wedding that you'd like to hear about um you can also go to put a ring on a podcast.com slash contact and get in touch with us that way and um, make sure you keep uh, in touch on Facebook, ask questions, get updates on season three. Um, we are here and we we do this because we love it and we just want to help. So however we can do that, we are just a couple of clicks away, a couple, uh, you know, types on the couple keyboard. A couple two tree clicks. A couple, <laughs> couple two tree clicks. Um, and we're always happy to help. Seriously, anything you ask is not a silly question. We are happy to help and 100% here for you. Yeah. So this wraps up episode 26 and we will see you guys in two weeks. Have a great one, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey. Bye. Did I tell you this one already? No. How many tickles does it take to tickle an octopus? How many? Ten tickles. <laughs> <laughs>